<laughs> hey, Jeff. Yeah? What's Forrest Gump's password? I don't know, Nate. One, Forrest, one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I would like to be it noted that uh, Nathan is now a fan, and so that is perfectly Oh, that gives me such satisfaction. <laughs> At some point, we're going to have to say, hi, this is a podcast. We have Nicole here with us, and... Uh, Nicole is a, a dear, dear friend, and it's funny how God works, because less than a year ago, we didn't really know each other, the three of us, and um, at this point, we have now shared worship services and meals and porch sitting, which is a sacred place for me, as it obviously is for y'all. Um, I remember coming to Nicole's house one of the first times, and she said, well, we bought a porch, and there was a house connected. House came attached. So it's uh, it's a good time indeed. So, But one of the things that I did want to talk about, thinking about taking care of ourselves, and uh, I'm going to say this to begin with, if you are in a car, ignore me. If you are sitting somewhere safe, uh, I invite you to go along with us. So anytime we get, uh, as we like to say, activated or our nerves come up and we start to get anxious, it's always important to be mindful and to be gentle with ourselves. And I think we talked about that a little bit last week uh, or on the last podcast, whenever that was. And uh, so if you don't mind, I want the two of you to indulge me. Mr. Eight over here is going to close his eyes and not look at me. Such a hippie. Oh, he's so going to stare me down. Such a hippie. Yeah. So, okay. Bring it. (laughs) He does not follow directions. So, I was thinking about this as we are working through this, and that is that, uh, you know, when it comes to mindfulness, what we're doing is going back to a place of peace. And um, I was thinking about it, and it's very simple here. Now the Lord God had planted a garden, and it is that simple. So, if you don't mind, uh, I don't want to be the only one in the room with my eyes closed. So, if you'll close your eyes with me, and we're going to do a simple mindfulness exercise for just a couple of minutes. And what I want you to do is close your eyes and just kind of feel your body, feel the room. Notice some of the smaller things that are happening. Small but important things like breathing. If you're sitting in a place where there's air moving, maybe you can feel the air on your skin. And I want you to imagine that you are standing in a field. And as you're standing in the field, I want you to notice everything that's going on around you. The grass beneath your feet. The movement of air. Maybe the moisture in the air. And off in the distance, not too terribly far away, you notice that there are uh, some trees and you start to move towards those trees. Just one step at a time, noticing the dirt and the grass beneath your feet as you move. And as you move, you notice the grass is getting a little bit taller. It starts to brush against your fingertips as you walk. And before too long, it's about chest high. And you've reached these trees that were so far in the distance just a moment ago. And you notice that at one place in these trees, there's a gate. And you open this gate. 
You hear it creak. You hear the latch as it shuts behind you as you have stepped into this space. And as you look around, you notice that you are now in the midst of a garden. A garden that is walled with trees and hedges. And it is one of the most beautiful places you have ever been. You notice it's a little bit cooler there. It's that perfect temperature that you always hope it is. And as you look up in the sky, you notice there's not a cloud to be found. And you can feel the sun on your skin. And you are at peace because you were created to be right here in the midst of this garden. All right, so that is a very short, simple exercise you can do when your nerves get up. It could be a garden, it could be a beach, it can be anywhere you want to be. So as we have been talking this week... You are such a Jedi. Oh, you know it. And uh, <laughs> and as we start to have conversations that are maybe uncomfortable, because I'm sure you guys are going to start to go down this deconstruction road and and wonder and question and maybe reach out to a friend and be a little bit vulnerable, you may have some anxiety turn up. And guess what? That's okay. Because you were created to be in the garden, and that's exactly where you are. Sometimes we just forget. All right. So with that, we'll get into our conversation. So full transparency, because I always want to be honest with the folks in the room Mm -hmm. and the folks that are listening. Thank you, by the way. And that is this idea of deconstruction. I remember the first time I heard about it, and I remember who told me about it. And it was Nicole. (laughs) And Nicole, I want you to, if you don't mind, share with us what deconstruction means to you. Wow. Um, I think for me it was taking a lot of the things that I had been taught as truth. Mm Mm-hmm. And not necessarily realizing they weren't the truth, but maybe there was another option. Okay. And I think I kind of started, and I kind of just having some experiences. And I remember, so growing up, the idea of the Holy Spirit was not something that we acknowledged. I think that's a common story. Right. And except I had the benefit of having charismatic grandparents. Such wonderful people. The best. Um, So if you grow up in a restoration tradition that's afraid of the spirit because you might dance, to go to (laughs) church with charismatic grandparents where the piano player is sick and somebody invites you to play is traumatizing. Um, But I got to see their faith and... My grandmother, if a storm came up, the first thing she did was drop to her knees and call out for God to keep them safe. And so I met like my first year of church camp as an adult with our kid. And we did, like I'm I'm with these little fifth and sixth graders. We're having the best time and I'm living my best camp life. And we did this 
thing where we were putting temporary tattoos on them so that they would go into school. And I was praying over my kids. And I'm sitting with this kid, and I'm praying over her, but I hear a different voice saying, you need to pray for this. So I pray for that going, okay. Um, Because remember, we don't believe in the Holy Spirit all the way, right? right. Um, Shh. (laughs) Dirty secret. And I did it. And I get home, and it's I know some of her family members. I went to college with some of them. And I get home, and there's a Facebook post. And I don't remember the details. But there had been a family member that had been really, really sick, like, while we're at camp, mm-hmm. okay. like the kids found out when their parents got there. Like, I don't think they were supposed to survive or something like that. I just remember it was really. And the timing was while I was praying over this girl was when the medical emergency was happening. Oh, And that'll knock the wind out of your sails. And I started going, well, if that was not the thing I was taught what else is there? Well, we read about that in Second right. Coincidences, Chapter 4. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I really started actively seeking Holy Spirit. And it, it, and I kept reading books. And I wasn't even calling it deconstruction for like two years. I just was like, I don't know that I can believe that anymore. Mm. I don't know that I can believe that anymore. The God I am walking with currently... That does not mesh with what I was taught with. So if I were to say that back to you, what I'm hearing is is that there's this moment where something doesn't match. You've been told these things, and all of a sudden, something doesn't match. And being an intelligent individual, you start to look around and take note. It's the dissonance that we've Uh, talked about uh before. And and this is something I cannot repeat. I cannot stress this enough. If you're experiencing the dissonance, the voice of Amy Fritz in your head, <laughs> it's the spirit. Or it could very well be the spirit where you are. Uh, you, it's basically like when my grandmother would look at me and say, you know better. Mm. You know, uh, it's you know better. This is not right. Listen to it. So, yeah, you've noticed this thing. Right. And you listen. Yeah, I mean, and you start looking, and then you start questioning. But you said something that was really interesting: the God I was walking with. So it seems as cool. if you didn't leave, you're still walking with him. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, you so know, deconstruction's not running from. Oh your no, faith. we're waiting for the part where you give it all up and start burning uh, sheep in your backyard. <laughs> no, no, sorry. So we're walking. That's with a God, different podcast in a different way. <laughs> huh. Well, and a full disclosure, it was a not easy journey, um, and deconstruction, one of the things, I ignored the dissonance for a long time, Mm -hmm. and there were tons of areas that I was ignoring those dissonances. So unfortunately for me, once you unlock one door, you get a trauma tidal wave that you get to deal with. Mm, So that's my disclaimer for those that accidentally stumble into this but somehow through deconstruction I have seen more of where God was in the traumas Hmm. than 
I ever thought possible. So God finds us in the broken places where we need him most. Right. Hmm. And once I got rid of the noise of interpretation, tradition, misogyny, um, I started seeing God in some really cool places. Oh, okay. So, and well, now I'm well on the road to reconstruction. <laughs> I have been. I think I'm, I'm fully... Um, reconstruction you're, you're didn't you're take sold nearly out. You're yeah. bought, you're bought yeah. out. Yeah. I didn't, bought it didn't, the ticket. didn't take quite as long because my faith is pretty simple. Mm. Deep. But simple. But simple. I don't need all the rules anymore. Deconstruction does not sound simple in any way, shape, or form. Oh, not at all. No, no, not at all. Um, if you were to... Uh, come across someone, because I know you do a lot of work with kids, if you come across someone who is finding this thing, and they don't know to call it cognitive dissonance, um, what would you recommend? Like, How would you guide them if they came to you and asked you those questions? Hmm. I have to think about that. I think my general, when kids ask me questions, is I'll answer what I can, but then they answer questions back. I can't ever be the person to tell them, or anybody, Mm -hmm. hey, by the way, I think this is a bad idea or a bad plan or whatever. That's not my place. Um, My place is just to be there and to listen. And if and when they're ready, establish love and a relationship. Hmm. Because I don't think you can force anybody into deconstruction. Do you think that deconstruction is something that um, everyone goes through? I don't know. I'm not. Oh, man. It's a good question. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I have. You have. Nate, have you? I would say absolutely to a to a degree. A prevalent extent. I don't know okay. if that's the way you put it. I would say certainly. Okay. And I don't know how you measure units of deconstruction either. <laughs> I'm 80% through. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Okay. And I don't know if you ever get all the way through. Right. Because I think you keep growing once you've done it. Mm, okay. Something keeps getting revealed. Yeah. Um, I do think it is generational. Hmm. I, I don't know um, because I feel like there are generations you can say deconstruction to and they run away screaming like you've just said boo. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it a lot in uh, most people generation x where we're leading the charge and i think it's just because of the faith we inherited and the time we grew up in can you talk about that a little bit and and full disclosure just so just in case we want to make this true or we want to make this known uh this beautiful smart person here speaking to us has wonderful taste in husbands (laughs) Uh, and he is so modest. So he humble. Won an award for being humble table. once. Took it away from me because I wore it. Um, the Talk about your church experience. Talk about, uh, oh. I know that's a wide open yeah, question. It is wide a wide open, open, open question. That. Oh, I feel like you're setting me up because we talked about this week too. So. Wherever, wherever you want to go with it. Yeah. Um, don't have to go where you don't. Well, I had, an, I had a, you know, we want to talk Holy Spirit. I had dream, vision, whatever we want to call it this week. Um, and it really opened my eyes to some things, including some traumas I had conveniently shoved away. 
Um, but one of the gifts I realized it is I had a season of my life where I had a fantastic church experience. Hmm. Um, I was fourth grade, fifth grade. Um, what it came up is I had my anniversary of my baptism this past week. And I went and dug out my little childish Bible. It's a lovely shade of pink. <laughs> and I realized that I got baptized in with this church that was growing and on fire. And I loved the people I was with. I was learning really amazing things. Um, I remember we did a series on Moses and, you know, I would tell my age cause this was the early nineties when we did this. Uh, but we did a rap about Moses and we compared him to Bo Jackson because Mo and Bo rhyme. Uh, and I think we got to record it too. I know. Um, but then we moved and I ended up not at that place. You know, um, it was very important to end up in the, the, the sign on the door was real important. And I ended up in a place that wasn't as supportive and wasn't as accepting and kind and loving. And I was the outside big city kid moving in with fresh, dangerous ideas. Mm. Um, and it was not healthy. And I didn't realize to what degree unhealthy it was. I mean, truly, I've talked about before, we've talked about it, but I didn't realize the value in the season I'd had before. Because I don't think if I'd had that beautiful season of love and I just, I remember I was baptized in a thunderstorm because I wanted it so desperately. And I remember the youth group and the older elementary kids all crammed into somebody's screened in porch in Florida watching it and Mm. waiting for me. I mean, it was pouring rain. That wouldn't have happened three or four years later. And then, you know, really, I think we figured out it was a series of 12 years in the middle of my life, middle school through young adult, where because of, you know, not being, I'm not really good at fitting in molds. That's not really how God made me to be. (laughs) Um, It made things very hard for me. And then I tried very, very hard to fit in the mold and to fit in the box and be the perfect Sunday school Christian woman that I was being told I had to be. Um, And thankfully, we ended up at a place, at a church, that Mm kind of let me grow out of that. And I just got to be a servant. So what I'm hearing is, is that we had a fairly enriching walk to begin with. We have a location change, scene change, Mm -hmm. act two, and we go into this almost land of restriction and legalism, and I hate to use the word desolation, but this kind of sounds like an emptiness. Um, We were very good at doing the motions. Okay. And then we have another scene change back into a body that says it's time it's time for you to be you 
years later. Jesus. Years later, yeah. Couple so, couple scene changes in there to yeah, there were but, a few scene changes in between for as well. Well, yeah. I find sure. it interesting um, when we we think about trends and seasons that this that we have stories like this all throughout the text, right? And so. Um, it's funny how one individual can have a story that so resembles the story of God's people mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. Almost like coincidence is truly what it is. Something that coincides. One sits inside the other rather than this totally by accident. There's no way they're related definition we've given it these days. Right. So um, I'm going to ask Nathan a question. Okay. Hit me. What was that like Scary. walking with Nicole as she's deconstructing? Being honest, uh, I was in a in a very different place. Okay. Um, and it was very scary because I, I had been raised um, in traditional manners as well. Uh, this seems to be our phrase of the of the show, last couple of shows. My cognitive dissonance was there, <laughs> uh, but I had not yet acknowledged it. You okay. know, the spider sense was tingling, but I wasn't looking around. Uh, so I was the bad influence. Yes, yes. So so I was raised uh, very traditionally as well. Okay. So all of a sudden, my wife seems as if she's speaking this different language. And every part of me, and, and, I, and maybe this is good for somebody out there that might be going through a similar situation, because... Newsflash, this rarely, if ever, happens where in a married setting where both people make a conscious decision, we're going to deconstruct now. You know, this doesn't happen at the same time. Right. So, so I felt in ways I felt like she was leaving me behind. Um, all of a was sudden. very scared. All of a sudden, uh, you know, and I know this was not the case, but I was wondering, is she advanced? Because we don't use these terms in, in my tradition growing up or anything like that. So I'm sitting there wondering, is she, like, going to join a cult? Uh, is she uh, is she changing all of the traditions? Is she throwing everything out? Is she going to some next level of human existence <laughs> in religion that I did not know existed? What the answer is yes to <laughs> all of those. Yeah. And I'm saying you're going, what in the world is going on? Right. But the one thing that I, and, and while I, I would never say that I did even remotely close to everything perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. But I will say for those of you who are on the receiving end of deconstruction, or I should say the experiencing end of deconstruction, uh, where you have a partner, for example, that's going through it and you're not and you're confused and you're feeling like you're being left behind, um, be okay with not knowing what's going on. That's the lesson that I learned uh, through this process. And, and once again, you know me, I'm a good old-fashioned control freak. But be okay. You don't have to nod your head that fast. Could you hear the eye roll? It's like you can hear the, you can hear the air whipping around her mohawk. Um, now the, I will say be willing to let go of trying to control the situation. Because one thing I learned through her is that I'm in control of nothing, and hmm. God controls it all. Hmm. I didn't know that's what he was teaching me at the time, but it's what I learned. Well, I think it's worth calling out that this deconstruction you speak of and this 
giving up control. I think we have a word for that, don't we? Surrender. Mm-hmm. That we surrender our lives. And isn't that what disciples are called to do? Is to surrender. Mm-hmm. And so it makes and me... And follow. And follow. Yeah. And it makes me beg the question, if we're going to do this with our church lives and then walk into the boardroom on Monday morning and try to control everything, have we deconstructed everything we should? What do disciples and believers and followers look like that have deconstructed when they walk into the marketplace on Monday? It's okay to deconstruct everywhere. And I think that's part of it. And that's part of the reason I was looking forward to this podcast is because we've got two folks here who have walked this journey. Um, and uh, I'm still trying to figure it out, right? So I know something happened with me, uh, but tonight's not about me. But um, I think it's very important that the themes that I'm picking up here are it's okay to question. Mm-hmm. And if we've got anybody out there, no matter what age, that is sitting here going, I feel, I feel this discomfort with questioning, that's okay. Embrace it pick up your Bible, you'll notice there are people questioning all throughout. It is okay. And uh, as you do that, uh, if you're lucky enough to have a partner that's there, scared to death, but there regardless, uh, what a blessing that can be. And that um, I think that if you reach out for believers and disciples that are walking beside you, you'll find that it's it's going to be okay. And it, that it already is. And that doesn't mean easy. But it seems as if with the folks that I've started asking these questions to about deconstruction, that it is almost always worth it. And so that's my next question for you is, was it worth it? Oh, absolutely. Um, This is a, a terrible example, but go with me here. I always feel like my daily life before is like the scenes in the Wizard of Oz when it's we're in Kansas mm-hmm. and it's black and white and you're just kind of searching, you know, she's she's searching for everybody. And then when I fully surrendered, I mean if that's the word we want to use, and started, you know, I start my day with a couple very specific prayers. And one of them is always make me a conduit for the Holy Spirit. And so it's really surprising where that will lead lead you because you'll be walking through Target and see someone who looks lovely that day, and you'll know you have to tell them that. Um, And now I feel like I live in the we're in Oz, and life is just (laughs) in color. And there's flowers, and it's it's almost too too and munchkins everywhere. There's a lot of there's a lot of color in munchkins. I do surround myself with children. You are correct, mm-hmm. and I do like color, but I'm also free to be me. Mm. I'm not worried if I'm loving others well. That's you know, I'm not worried about am I making if I am I checking all the boxes to get to heaven. I'm just worried about loving others well. Hmm. And it took a lot of stress out of my life. And that was terrifying for me. Mm. Horrifying. 
because having been raised uh, more traditionally so mm-hmm. than she, uh, it was really hard for me to even get to kind of where she was at her kind of good spot and now she's gone to super saiyan level 27 <laughs> and, and i so so but the one of the the cool things was uh and I, i've said this uh, and for especially for you gentlemen if you are experiencing this one of the things i find if we're going to be honest let's just be straight up honest and this is my opinion it's based in experience but it's just an opinion i'm an expert in nothing um but i will i will say that in this realm, women are more open to speaking about spirituality and speaking honestly about their spiritual journeys than men. Because in our mind, in our power dynamic in this society, we have more to lose. You know, it is a it's almost a almost a race to see who can hide the most and, and build the most in men culture. And women look in in the church especially, and even in just spiritual circles. Women are more open to being able to discuss these things, okay? You don't see a lot of dudes selling crystals on Instagram, right? Like it's, Maybe you don't, but that's all I've got. <laughs> I want to know your algorithm. You just have weird memes. I know, yes. I know. But, but one of the things that I learned through this process was that if, if myself as a, as a man that loves God, didn't understand God, still don't, um, but if I'm open, if I put myself in a humble, open position to try and figure out, okay, God, I know that my gut is telling me that certain things aren't right. I'm getting that cognitive dissonance again. So at this time, I'm going to sit and receive what you want to tell me. We have to be ready as men, as partners, as husbands, uh, as sons, as grandchildren if that's the case, to hear whatever message is given. And what I realized watching her go through this journey was that if I can learn, this was just the tip of the iceberg. This is what opened up the whole gamut for me was if I could learn this much about the true experience of God, not just from, you know, any woman, but from my wife, who I had always been taught that she was the runner-up in God's race, and uh, she exists because she stole a rib, and uh, you know she's she's always going to get the silver medal in human races. Um, if I know I, where you sleep. <laughs> it was all sarcasm, babe. You're beautiful tonight. You know that. You're so beautiful. Uh, if 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 I can learn that much from her, then there are certain presuppositions about the church and the word and the text that might not be accurate. So let's look at that. And as I take that look at, you know, for example, women and their place in the church, then what else can I look at? What else am I wrong about? And it became fun to discover what I was wrong about. And that's why this podcast exists. Hmm. It's why this whole show exists. It's just a journey about what can we do better? It's all because of me. (laughs) <laughs> Ultimately, uh, yes. That's yeah, it's all because of him. That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Man, the takeaway. Right along. Remember the second yes, class. The, yes. yes. So, well, we're about to, uh, out of time. But one of the things I do. I hope it, that made sense, though. What I said. I, I think it does. I really do. Um, I think what we have to do is we have to also call out that 
this not all human experience is the same. Right. If you're not hearing that cognitive dissonance, that's okay. Yeah. You know, not everybody has to go be, through deconstruction. Right. It's not a requirement to be a next level Christian or whatever. And be gentle with those that are though. Right. And and don't be judgmental of those that don't. Just because you've torn everything down, not saying that this is you, but just because you've torn everything down and started building it back doesn't mean you're one step ahead of them. Right. They may never need that. Um, so I think that's that's worth calling out and um you look like you were gonna say something. I hope we live in a world where deconstruction doesn't have to happen. I hope mm. the next generation That would be amazing, huh? Can I, I can I ask you a question? Okay. Sorry, go oh, ahead. oh here we go. No, no, it's it's <laughs> no this is to your heart and I wanna hear I wanna hear your heart on this. Okay. How has this affected how you minister to kids? Mm. Hmm. I don't know that that much has changed other than I am incredibly passionate about teaching them that God loves you and he created you in his image. Um, I don't spend a lot of time on all the ways we're going to mess up. You don't spend all this time telling them, you know, what a worm you are. Oh, no. Um, wretch. <laughs> Because I know that there's going to be a point in their life where they're going to know that, that the enemy is going to tell them, I don't need to tell them that. I need to instill in them, God loves them, and he created you in his image. That's my focus. And yes, we sing fun songs and Bible stories and... Glitter is involved. Well, you're so good at it that my name is Mr. Nicole. (laughs) Accurate. One one last final thought, and that is this, and and I don't have the answer, but I'm going to put this out there, and I'm going to let it float, and I'm going to let people think about it, and that is this. When you come across an individual that hears the D word, because it's kind of become taboo in some circles, and you see them react in a way uh, that is perhaps judgmental or disapproving, um, I want you to ask yourself the question, why are people so afraid of a little deconstruction? And then ask yourself the question, is this a place I need to be? Or what can I bring to this place? Because I think deconstruction is a part of the journey and I think it scares some folks. And I think it scares some folks because when you deconstruct, you give up control. You let the wrecking ball loose. You don't get to tell it which brick to knock down. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful part about this is that as you're walking through this and you're having these journeys and these talks and these conversations is that you're not alone ever. The spirit is there. That comforter. God is still in his place. He's still walking along beside you in the garden. And the sun still died for your sins. So it's okay. It is absolutely okay. In whatever state you find yourself in, beginning, middle, or end, or sitting on the sideline watching it all happen, going, wow, that was interesting. (laughs) And um, just applaud and help each other out as we go through that. Yeah, I will say, um, if you, any one of you out there are listening to this, If you don't have anyone with whom to share these thoughts, these questions, it can be scary. Yes. It was scary for Nicole. It was scary for me in different ways, but we all had our fears about it. And, and, you know, it is not a comfortable place sometimes. And if you have no one to speak to about that, um, 
A, try to find somebody local to you at your, at your mm-hmm. church and your faith community. And if you just can't find anybody, spottedgoatspodcast at gmail.com. Preach. Shoot us an email. And we will be sure to send something that is probably not wise, but very well intended. <laughs> we will love all over you. We will love all over you. <laughs> we want to be able to build that that culture of healing and and that community of conversation, like we talked about at the very beginning of this. And um, so, for example, in this episode, I want to say thanks to Jeff because when we uh, discovered we were going to do this, com- have this conversation, I wanted to make sure that I didn't lead it. Because her story is not mine to tell. It is hers to tell. I have an experience that is my own. But her story is hers to tell. And uh, I'm proud of you for that. And I'm thankful you're here. Because there's a lot of folks that wouldn't share these moments. So thank you for taking the time. Night before school starts. All these things going on in your world. And you took a moment to stop and slow down. It's because we don't love our children. That's right. I'm not even real sure where mine is. He's disapproving (laughs) of somebody somewhere. Is it 10 o'clock yet? (laughs) Do you know where your children are? So next next time with Moo Moo's and Dad Jokes. Yep, absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening to a very personal episode of our podcast. We appreciate you you sticking with us. And uh, like I said, if you you have any questions or if you just need to talk to somebody... Shoot us an email. And until then, we'll see you soon. Talk to you later.